What's up, everybody, and welcome to week 80, Dustin. It's week Whoa. 80 of Tailgate Talks. That's right. We've been doing this for 80 weeks, over 80 episodes since we've been releasing two episodes a week. But uh, we're excited to be with you here. This is Club Red. We've got some good stuff for you this week. Unfortunately, we have a struggling baseball team right now to discuss. We have basketball rumors, sources, eye emojis to discuss. We have some exciting football news to discuss as well. Uh, but before we get to all of that this week, make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify. Uh, make sure you are giving us those five-star ratings on both. And if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with that rate and review. Make sure you're also following us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. You can follow our personal accounts. You can follow Dustin at Dustin Wimmer 22 and myself at Calvin B Barrett. We're also on Facebook where we do these live shows every week. So you can be a part of the show. And we're also on Instagram. We have a YouTube where we uh, release little bite-sized tidbits from each week's episode. We try to get up a video at least every week, but you can catch portions of the show there. And lastly, you can email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or anything you want us to discuss on the show. Let's get into this week's Club Red. Dustin, unfortunately, we have to start off on a bad note here. Uh, We have a baseball team that is uh, in a free fall. It is free falling and not in the good way, not in like the good classic song way, in a bad way right now. They have dropped... Five games in a row dating back to last week's right. Tuesday night game against Oklahoma. I lost that one 14 to nine. Then we headed to Fort Worth for a big series against TCU. We're swept in that series and then dropped one tonight to New Mexico. So right now, Texas Tech baseball, not in a good spot. Let's kind of start off with that Oklahoma game and get some real quick thoughts on that one, which was a high-scoring game, but your offense, uh, your your pitching just couldn't keep their offense off the board. And every time you would claw back into that game, you would immediately go up and give three runs or something in an inning. Uh, so that started off your woes this week. Any thoughts on that uh, showdown yeah. in Amarillo? Yeah, it was a windy game, but both teams were hitting well. But, I mean, that's just the story of our season and – this past week for sure is our pitching and mostly our bullpen. They just can't cut it, man. They, I don't know what the freaking deal is there, to be honest. Like, I really don't, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like it's, yeah. So let's get in kind of the meat of the baseball talk, which is, you know, that, that one loss to Oklahoma didn't really concern you too much. Right. No. But then you go in and you lose game one, Seven to four, you lose game two, four to three, you lose game three, 11 to three, and you get swept here. Yeah. Um, and, and you were expecting to win this series, at least get two games there. And then when you got lost the first two, it was like, hey, at least we can get one, but you were an, unable to do that. So, thoughts on what was a really disappointing series for you and now the panic meter kind of gets started and where are you at on that where is your panic meter on this baseball team after uh, those four losses yeah panic meter's got to be high because I mean, earlier this year this season we had our first like three games losing stretch that was the first in a long time 
and now we're on as of Tuesday night a five game yeah. losing stretch, um, and most of it's high scoring stuff. Can't blame the offense a ton, but a little bit. But it's it's all it's all bullpen um, and pitching, man. To go back to TCU. I'm still waiting on game two to be finished. Yeah, that's what uh, I was going to ask you next about. So, Gail, go ahead and get into your the, spill on it. He didn't catch a game two TCU on Friday night. We had a guy on third, second, and two outs, I believe. And Cal Conley's little brother was up. And pitched, called a balk. Stepped out of the plate, called it. That means a run scores. We tie the ball game. And literally 30 seconds later, he changes his mind and says, no, no, we're good. I've never seen that in my life. Like, what the F happened there? Like, holy sh- – like, and then, of course, like, we just ground out, easy out in the game. Like, that's the most bullshit way to end the game right there. When it blatantly calls a balk. And, and, then, was, like, and then it wasn't reviewable after that either. So, it's they, – they called the balk. Listen to the TCU uh, coach come out and argue. Change the call after that, and then you know didn't review it. Called it an unreviewable play or whatever. Bullshit. So they just went with that, even though the original call on the field was balk. And if you're not able to review it, then the call should stand yeah. as is. You shouldn't be able to overturn you it. Flip that because you're reviewing it between yourselves. So if it's an unreviewable play. It, it, the original call in the field should have stood. I never saw anything. I kind of looked. It didn't look super hard, but if Tadlock had some comments about that um, after the game or after the series, um, but I couldn't find anything. I did oh. notice that Gutierrez had some choice words from first base um, for the umpires, and I yeah, there was that. <laughs> there was words exchanged, and my dad said that the third base ump like charged our dugout after. Now he didn't explain anything after that. He just said that the third base ump like ran into our dugout after the game. So that's highly unprofessional as a an official. But I mean, leave it to a guy who's calling a Big Twelve game to do that. But right. I mean, there, you shouldn't do that. You should get off the field. You know, you made a really bad call there down the stretch yeah. of the game. I think you got to own up to that walk off the field. You don't get to charge the team that's upset that you reverse the bulk, a bulk call like that. I think uh, uh, the big 12 should look into that. Although they won't do that no. because they've never not. done that before, but weird circumstances in that Friday night game. Cause like you said, I've never seen a bulk call reversed no. before. So uh, that definitely had to make it hard to rebound from and try yeah. to win that game on Saturday just because, you know, you didn't know if you're going to end up winning that game. All that would have done is tie the game. So who knows? You probably, if you didn't end up getting the winning run there, you might have blown it anyway. But, sure. you know, you were trying to give yourself a chance and then ultimately right. get swept. But yeah, my panic meter is super high. This bullpen isn't very good. Oh, what no. you're, <laughs> and so and I don't know how to correct it. I was talking to Brent about it when we were coming out to see you to play golf the other day. That's got to be like the hardest thing in college baseball to recruit for. Because, I mean, obviously you're recruiting high school kids, um, even transfers, but your stud good pitchers, they're trying to be starters or not even coming to college. And so you really got to rely on like guys to develop for one. 
and like be decent. I mean, you can't have shitty guys to start with. Like, you got to recruit some decent guys that'll do it and develop. So the fact that we're also young in the bullpen hurts, you know, even more because we don't have any, you know, experience there. And so the guys haven't developed, you know. Our bullpens in the past have been really good. We've had seniors and juniors, like, that have been here three, four, five years. Like, and that's where you got to be good at is guys that have figured out, hey, I can't go six innings. I'm good for two, maybe three at the most, and really settle into their their pitches and figure out their role. And I, it's got to be one of the hardest things for a, a co- college coaching staff to do and figure out. Right. Yeah. You think back to some of those really good years. You had a guy like Parker Mashinsky, who shout out to him, just got his first major leg debut uh, this week. So shout out to him. But you had guys like him in the bullpen who had several years in it. And it took Parker Mashinsky a couple of years to become a really reliable reliever in the pen. And so, yeah, it's a lot of youth and it's a lot of guys who are being thrown into situations that they're really never been in because most of the good pitchers probably were starters in high school. So they're probably not used to coming in and, you know, these crazy situations that you're in sometimes. But still, it is very concerning because this is maybe two years in a row now where your pitching just hasn't really been there. Last year was injuries. This year, for whatever reason, like only Birdsell and Morrison have been worth a damn for you once you get past them it's just you know it's not enough but you know and then your bats weren't really there this last weekend that happens from time to time but you know this offense has been clawing back in a lot of these games over this season and is a lot of the reasons why you're at the record that you are so I don't want to shit on the offense too much but that's the perfect recipe for a sweep when your pitching isn't doing very good. And then also you're not able to produce runs. That's the ultimate disaster for this baseball team. So uh, moving on with it. Yeah. As mentioned kind of before we did lose tonight to New Mexico in Albuquerque, they hit a walk-off home run to beat us 11 to 10. So just kind of adding more to the disaster that this past week has been, you lose what should have been a win there. Um, Dustin, I don't want to talk about losing anymore try to look ahead what have we got to look forward to well, this weekend so now i mean oklahoma state has a firm hold in the big 12 with tcu right behind them and now we're in the mix of third and fourth and right there with you know texas and west virginia who were playing this weekend here in lubbock and so west virginia is six and three so there are no scrubs yeah. walking out there you know so we i mean i'm not worried as much about them we got to figure our own selves out and get out of this you know, figure it out pitching wise. I don't know if we need to change some some order of who's going when and where, um, but we got to figure our own selves out this weekend. Yeah, and luckily it's at home, so you have the yep. chance to do that in a place that you typically play very well. So hopefully you can use this home stretch to bounce back, beat what has been a surprisingly good Big Twelve baseball team, uh, and kind of. Really, it's not about winning the conference championship in, anymore. It's about finding yourself and getting yourself ready for a you know possible postseason run. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got to add on to this series. Just hope that you can get back on the uh, winning track again against the uh, impressive West Virginia team. So, that's all we got for baseball this week. Let's get into some basketball news, Dustin, and what sources are saying and news is flying around. We've got a lot of it this week. And so let's go over there and talk about some roster 
updates. We're going to start this thing off right. Raider! Man, I've been waiting all my life to do this. Basketball news. If you're on Twitter, it has been... A headache Stupid. for me, Dustin. It has been annoying. It yeah. has been frustrating, but it has also brought hope at the same time. If you're on Twitter, you've seen a lot of eye emoji tweets and big things coming for the last, I don't know, four or five fucking days, however long it's been. Uh, over the weekend, there was tweets. Sunday, there was tweets. Monday, there was tweets. Heck, today, there's tweets. But, but let's not try to- really. But not really either. So we've got a whole thing about that conversation coming up later in the podcast. So stick around for that. But right now we're going to talk about things that we have heard and just kind of discuss what those options look like, what those players might look like. So let's start at the top with the guy that we're very familiar with, and that's Kevin McCuller. And I was listening to Chris Level and Aaron Dickens on their Red Raider uh, sports report this morning talking about it and the news that they kind of were talking about is that Adams has been up in New Jersey for the last two days oh. recruiting McCuller to come back. So um, I think the choice there is that we really need a decision from McCuller. Is he coming back or is he staying? So I think we've got pieces that we are already in place if he's going, but this whole NBA process takes a long time <clears throat> and recruiting the portal moves fast. Yeah. So you need decisions from these guys. And so I think that's kind of what the trip is here. Dustin, what were your thoughts uh, on that and Kevin McCuller and where's your head at on possibly welcoming him back saying goodbye, any and everything with him. This was the first I'm hearing about it, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I would think it's Adam's going up there with open arms saying, Hey, you're welcome back for sure. You know, You've been a heart and soul of this team for a couple of years and a leader. You're definitely welcome back. But, yeah, the timing of his process and the portal, like you said, don't match up. Yeah. Um, I was trying to find that date um, for us when people need to declare like right. back to, out of the draft, I guess. The portal and the kids staying in college move way, way faster. I yep. mean, we just had a guy that we're going to talk about in a minute put out his top seven on Monday night and also say, I'm deciding on Friday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> like we're moving in a week. Like, so yeah, I don't know if it's trying to get clarity or what, but, or if maybe we do like the TJ method of last year and leave a spot open for him. I, that's probably what I would think with a very established player that we've had and Adams has been with for a while yeah I think you're trying to talk him into hey this is the guys that we're bringing in look yeah tell you like, also this, yeah so look like you don't have to be the point guard even though I know some of the concern <laughs> is he wanted to be once the ball in his hands more and whatnot. <laughs> but he does need a we do need a point guard we do need somebody who's used to handling the ball and everything like that and it does take a load off him but if you show him that you've got really good players coming in to you know help him I think that's enticing I mean I've only seen one 
person put him in like draftable position so far. And it was like a CBS sports thing that had him at 57 of 60. That's nothing to hang your hat on. Very rarely does a second rounder actually make it into the NBA. Like there's some recent success with it, but it's just a long shot. And like, as we've talked before, if the NBA is your goal, G league shouldn't be like your, your goal there. So I think, you've got to listen if you're McCuller, but at the same time, if you're Adams, you you do need to know quick. Cause Damn right. Cause some of the guys that we're in on can replace what McCuller did. And they've done that at this level. So uh, I think it's very, it's very quick in the portal. And so ultimately McCuller is a huge domino that you're kind of waiting to fall on. And obviously if he, he comes back, you're taking that with open arms. Like you want that. You know, it seems to me like he kind of wants to go pro. For you. Got some dates for you. Found them. So the combine, NBA combine is May 16th. Um, so maybe he'll get invited to participate in that. But the uh, early withdrawal for going back to the NCAA is June. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, got... he could drag this out another month. They... Oh, yeah. And, I mean, this is a look – that's kind of what lined up with TJ. I mean – Yeah. TJ so... went down to the last day. I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of go – I mean, maybe the combine he goes to if he gets invited and that doesn't work out great or he gets instant feedback and they're like, hey, here's your stuff. You're also not even close to boards and he comes right. back sooner than than the two two more weeks. But, yeah, I mean, a month at least. And that's tough to deal with because there's a lot of fast acting things. So let's get to kind of some of the rumors of players that you might be seeing in a Red Raider uniform that's uh, next year. And let's start off with Utah Valley transfer. And I'm sorry, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Fardaz Amik, I I think. Amik? Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. And I guess that's one thing that we hopefully got to get familiar with because some things that I've seen today say that we are kind of the favorites to land him. He's giving out his top five with some other teams, but he has been engaging tech fans on Twitter. He's been liking a lot of things on tech Twitter. You don't necessarily take all of that and think it's a hundred percent, but a lot of people that we know have felt pretty confident about it. What do you think about this guy and what he could possibly bring to Texas tech? Yeah. I love this guy from when he first came out. I mean, we were kind of on, eyeballs on him not eyeball emojis literally eyeballs on him literally yeah and, uh i mean put up like i was trying to real quick like 19 and mm-hmm. 19 and like a good amount of rebounds too he reminded me of of more of a like kevin o'banner but more inside game than the the shooter um similar size to him and so i mean we've we've have a great track record with transfer big men so would you say a, would you say he kind of reminds you like a little bit of bryson williams and o'banner like together like yeah different like if you combine different parts of their game i think like yeah. he has an inside game kind of like bryson but yep. then he can extend his range um and, and shoot the ball really well yeah, you know that's he, a good that's a good comparison to mix that together yeah he, and 13 and a half rebounds. So, in walking double double. Field. <laughs> so, yeah. I like that. He's regarded as one of the top transfers right now that's on the board. And so, if you're able to pull him, that would be pretty incredible. And so, um, right now, things kind of feel like they're in our favor, but 
the reporting is that he wants to wait till he makes all his visits. And I think that ends at the end of the month. So it might be May before we have a decision on that. But the other big rumor that's going around right now, Dustin, and this is one that has a lot of the eyeball emojis that have been going out. If you've like read through and I've read the, you know, Red Raider sports stuff, we've also have people, you know, in the know here that have told us a few things, but rumors of a power six guard, because remember in college basketball, it's the power six because uh, the uh, AAC big East uh, is part of that. So, uh, there is reports of a power six guard that is going to be transferring to tech, uh, but we were waiting on some paperwork and everything to be cleared to make sure that the transfer is good. And the rumor is that this power six point guard is Davion Harmon uh, from formerly from Oklahoma. Tech fans will be familiar with him as he played at Oklahoma two years ago and then transferred to Oregon and then is now like reported to transfer. Now the thing about this one is why it's so kind of under the radar is he hasn't formally announced that he's transferring yet. He hasn't reached the portal yet, but it has been talks for a little bit. He's friends with Drew Steph, who is a 2023 commit. Apparently Drew Steph's dad coached Davion Harmon for a while uh, when he was younger. And so there is a relationship there. And so there's some tech ties with that, and maybe that's why. But there is re- significant reporting from a lot of people in the know that this is the guy that is wanting to come. Dustin, I'm not sure how much of that you have been aware of, but what does that sound like to you, a guy who's played in the Big 12 Conference at OU and then Oregon last year, although Oregon did struggle, but has a lot of experience at the D1 level. Interesting to hear. Sounds like a mess, but I guess it's worth it if we're going to stay in on him. And he's played, yeah, two two other Power Five schools and from the Big Twelve also. So I like all that. Um, obviously, bring me bring me another guard that can yeah. maybe even handle the ball. <laughs> yeah, and he's a point guard. I think he stands like six two. A lot of games. But, yeah, he's played a lot of games, played in big games. He, you know, played pretty good against Tech when we played him, from what I remember. And so uh, I'm pretty sure the thing that they're trying to work around is the waiver because he left after Long Kruger retired. So I think when your coach retires, you kind of get a freebie. And so they're hoping that his Oregon transfer could be his other freebie, and maybe that's how he gets (laughs) – gets over to Tech and is able to play. Seems like it's a lot of hoops to jump through, which is why it's kind of been – on the DL, but Devion Harmon is the guy that we're looking at. The other big point guard that's out there, Kendrick Davis out of SMU. Dustin. Oh, yeah. Dustin, what are your thoughts about him as we Ooh. made his top seven? And as you mentioned before, he's making his decision Friday. So we'll know this probably a couple days after you listen to the podcast. Yeah, Kendrick Davis, AAC Player of the Year from SMU. Um, most of the charts you look at, he's the number one transfer. Yeah, out there, big time point guard type player. He'd obviously be an instant starter for us, um, regardless of who we get, because of how he can ball. But his his top seventy release this week's pretty stacked. Um, a lot yeah. of Big Twelve teams, Gonzaga and Memphis, thrown in there as well. So he can. I mean, literally, it's like when we see a you know big time high school kid come out for football, he can go anywhere he wants. Um, yeah. But the news we kind of heard and discussed today with some friends is he's only taken one visit so far, and that was to Memphis. 
So that's interesting to me to come out with your top seven and say I'm going somewhere on Friday and there's only you've only visited one place. So there has been reporting that he has made a visit to Lubbock. Okay. There's been some like our Red Raider Sports has had some people saying that he was in town. Okay. Now maybe it's uh maybe he didn't maybe is unofficial or something, but there's been some people that said that he made made a visit to Lubbock. Now maybe that was just recent after some people heard things, but I've heard that he has from some people. So I don't really know. Um, I don't really know the legitimacy of that, but it has been discussed on Red Raider Sports. So take that for what you will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his top seven. I wish there was I think it's like Houston, Texas, <laughs> Kansas, yeah. Memphis, Kansas, Gonzaga. And so, and TCU's in there. Why the hell are they in there? That's well, apparently, he started off his career at TCU and then transferred from TCU. So, don't go back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that, especially because they already have like some pretty good point he was guards. Also that are there. One, okay, he's the one that started this whole eyeball emoji shit because literally on yeah, he, Sunday he tweeted Raider Nation with the eyeball emojis in red and black. Like, yeah. But he also well, I, tweeted where my Jayhawks at too. Yeah, he wants a lot of attention. Like he's done this one that. as well. Yeah, like, I don't he's, know what his deal is. <laughs> he's testing out the fan bases. I think he's he's trying to get you know as much attention from this as he can. I think, but I mean, as a player, he's obviously a guy that you would take. Guy who yeah. averaged a lot of points. Guy who's played at high level basketball. Uh, if you're ever curious why Memphis is always in on all of these guys, it's because uh, the guy who owns FedEx is like they're in Memphis, and so they shuck out a lot of fucking money to that program. So if you're ever curious why Memphis is always in on all these top players uh, that you know yeah. go to Penny Hardaway and never perform up to that level, that's why. That's the other thing. Like, I mean, I would go play for Penny Hardaway, but that's because I watched him play it's and I yeah. know him. I know, I remember how he played, like, you know, when he was on Orlando. These kids weren't, were not even born when he was playing. Like, they don't know. They don't give a shit about Penny Hardaway. They don't give a shit what he used to do. No. And so, like, I don't get it anymore. Yeah, I I don't really know. was there, like, that was about it. I mean, they got Omani Bates, and that, like, flamed out real quick. So, I mean, if you want to. Like, if he had the pedigree of getting dudes to the NBA, but he hasn't done that yet. So, I don't know why, if you're an NBA kind of talent, why you would look to go there. But, anyways, so Kendrick Davis is set to make his decision on Friday. So, we will know what it is. But, you know, as we've kind of heard, Memphis does seem like they might be the front runner because they might be paying him the most. But, <laughs> other news is that we have been reported to be the favorites to land a top 20 2023 recruit in Elijah Fisher, who is supposedly going to reclassify to the 2022 class. So will be a red Raider next year. Dustin thoughts on this is uh, he's from Canada. Uh, He has long been rumored to us. Chris level today said it's a done deal on that little thing that I watched. So it seems like we're just waiting this. Maybe this is one of the eyeball emoji surprises coming this week. Uh, thoughts on another kind of young freshman with some really high potential that would be a huge pickup i mean six six guard obviously exactly what we love and ranked in the top 20 that's yeah 
ridiculous and amazing for us. And so, yeah, I hope these eyeball emojis are pointing towards us. Why is, why are we like the favorites on him all of a sudden? I have I looking around on this. Yeah, I haven't really heard why we're the favorites on this one. I know we've been recruiting him hard for a while. Uh, I know, I think he might have played with Drew Steph, or maybe there's a relationship there that was uh, helping try to recruit him, if I can remember correctly. But I just think we've been on him for a long time, and so I think that's kind of where it stands. I mean, 18th right now, and the best – well, there's – combo guards uh, all that crap's mixed together it doesn't matter but damn i mean if we can get the 18th best player on the board please on. yeah i think you'll take that and hope that you can develop it now the thing that would be different with this team going into next year is you're gonna have a lot of freshmen because you've got pop pop oh, isaacs yeah. you've got lamar washington you got robert jennings and then you add another one and so you know the only concern i would really have with that is We've seen freshmen and Mark Adams substitution styles and stuff like that not really get along. Uh, are they down for that? Are they down to, you know, work and grind and, and know that they're not always going to be out on the court? That's something that's interesting to watch, and you add another freshman to that mix. We'll just see yeah. what kind of happens there. But you obviously take the talent. And so as it stands here, those are kind of the things that we have heard pop up this week. Those might be some things to watch for the eyeballs. But the last little tidbits here – um, so some other guys to keep an eye on Tyreek key from Indiana state. Now he was here recently on a visit. I'm not sure where things have progressed since then. We haven't seen really any reporting on how the visit went, uh, but he is a guy that we've been targeting. There's Norchad Omier from Arkansas state. He played against Texas tech last year. He is a highly sought after a recruit. I think he's narrowed down his four. And from what I've seen, he's leaning Miami. And so he might be a guy that's, uh, that we're pursuing, but really might not have much of a chance. And then another guy that I've uh, received word that we are after follow on social media is Soli Baum. I, I, I don't really know how to pronounce Soli Baum. Baum. Uh, he's a kid from UTEP who averaged about 19, 20 points per game last year. We've seen the UTEP to Texas Tech has worked well before in the past, but apparently we are looking after him. Now, Dustin, some other news that uh, some players that are currently on the Texas Tech roster that we've heard about. Kevin O'Banner is reportedly leaning towards Texas Tech from things that I've heard. How does that make you feel knowing that, you know, a guy that we got to see all of last year who can go extremely hot from three. Uh, he's been maybe looking at professional options overseas, but some people have said that they think he's coming back. Some people say that they don't really know. So where are you at with Kevin O'Banner? Yeah, it seems kind of like the TJ situation. We don't really know and don't know what to believe. Yeah. Leanings at this point don't matter, obviously. <laughs> but I've been saying, you know, for a couple of weeks, he'd be a huge key to come back with all the experience we just lost and him coming back, similar to the Silva situation, getting a two-year transfer and an older type player. He'd right. be a great mix and leader to, you know, pull in these freshmen and them the ways. And, like, here we go, kids. Let's – come on. We have to go do this. Like, this is what we do here. This is what we do at this school. This is what you mm -hmm. got to do to make an Elite Eight, a Sweet 16. Like, come on. Like, you need that kind of guy and that experience. 
Yeah, if there's anybody I really wanted to point it to that bought in, I feel like a lot oh, of the guys God, that yeah. we got bought in, but I really felt it from him too, just the way that he uh, would try to make an impact on every game, and it didn't always have to be his scoring. It could be rebounding, defense, right. and, and all of that stuff. And so I really felt like he's fit in here with Tech. I would love to see him back hitting threes again next year for us, getting huge offensive rebounds and all of that. We know he can't transfer – uh, and so, you know, it's just can he find something more enticing professionally right. that he wants to go and pursue overseas or is Texas Tech the best, best option? So we're kind of waiting that. And then the last little tidbit, a guy we've talked about the last two weeks, Terrence Shannon Jr., there has been some reporting that Michigan is the front runner, but also that he's still – that they like – Dude, if you've seen his mom tweeting, his mom's tweeting Kendrick Davis and some of these guys that come to Texas Tech, he's like liking tweets about people coming to Texas Tech. This is the most bizarre situation I think I've ever seen with a player in recruiting. I I've, I do firmly believe that TJ himself wants to be at Texas Tech. I think it is the people around him, his support group or whatever, that are wanting him to go elsewhere and maybe, you know, try things out and get a better look at pro. But I do actually like believe that he wants to be here, but I don't think that it's going to be the case. I, I don't know what you've heard on this, but that's some of the no. stuff that I've seen on Red Raider sports and some of the stuff Chris, Chris level has not counted out yet. Like there's been some people who are like, I don't count Terrence Shannon Jr. Gone until he actually says he's gone. That's very interesting. I mean, Jesus, like this was already a pretzel situation two weeks ago. And then last week he's gone. Now he might be back. I don't know. <laughs> like figure it out, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's another domino that you're just kind of waiting for him to like decide. And some of the stuff that I've seen is that he is kind of waiting out this Jawan Howard, maybe the Lakers deal. Oh, um, and that he thinks Juwan would be a good coach for him. But if Juwan goes to the Lakers, then, you know, he wouldn't go to Michigan. So there's there's some of that discussion out there. But, I mean, who knows? But, you know, they are still supporting Tech, like, hard. Like, he's liking all these things. His mom's tweeting out, come to Texas Tech. Like, I, I, you know, take that for what you will. Like, Twitter is nothing set in stone there. Anybody can fire off anything. So, but, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to read what's out there, and that's just some stuff that's been happening. So, All right. <laughs> yeah, so. Hang on. Just, I guess. I mean, here's my deal. Like, just think of where we were a year ago, and we had three guys on the roster or four guys on the roster, and, like, KJ hadn't even committed to us yet. We literally had no idea what we were doing. And now we're talking really high-level guys coming back, yeah. transferring in. Um, a huge freshman class like this is all super amazing stuff I know we're confused but it's amazing <laughs> right we're confused but the good thing is you're in on a lot of top talent like you have right. chances with these guys and it'd be a lot it could be a lot worse but you would like to know some of these things with TJ McCuller and O'Banner you would like to know some of these things but you know you know, it, it's just this situation. It, it feels like every day something changes. So just wanted to update y'all. Like, so you're, that's where your head's at. If you're thinking TJ is 100% gone, there still might be a slim chance. So if you find out one day that TJ is actually coming back, 
you're not 100% surprised. But those are some other things. Apparently, Clarence is also another guy to watch that he might be heading overseas. I think a lot of people have already kind of written that off as he's not coming back, uh, which gives you another roster spot there. Too many point guards, so we just – yeah. Don't have room for him, and he's too similar to Malik in the, yeah. the games they kind of play. So, see, man. But there's, I mean, we still have a lot of time. You know, Bryson Williams didn't come in until late in the year last year. So, you know, things are always, always turning on the transfer portal this year, uh, especially now. I mean, we could be Iowa State losing Tyrese Hunter, who, or, you know, their best young freshman who decided to go into the transfer portal. It's just what it is. It's free agency. Yep. And you got to, you know, if you were really good somewhere, hey, maybe somebody wants to pay me more somewhere else for my services. And so that's what the portal has turned and NIL has turned everything into. But that's kind of where basketball stands now. Uh, it's been like two, three days since we got all the eyeball emoji tweets. We were hoping that some news would break today that we could talk about. Nothing has broken. That probably means tomorrow it'll break. We It'll happen, yeah, for sure. Uh, unfortunately, but hey, we try to give you as much information as we know and we're current on. Uh, not trying to break any news, just going off of things that we've heard and seen. But that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our basketball knowledge for now. We're gonna go over to football for a quick beat and talk about the number one recruiting class. <laughs> Dustin, so as teased before there, the number one recruiting class in the country in 2023 is your Texas Tech Red Raiders, and that's just something you never thought you'd see. So I'm going to kick it over to you real quick for Dustin's stat of the week. It's been a minute since we've done this, so let's, let's let you throw some stats and some knowledge at us on this recruiting class. Take that for data. Yeah, so as you guys know, Joey McGuire came in beginning of the year and took over his football program with uh, running 100 miles an hour, yelling Raider power to every high school in the state of Texas. And it's it's proven dividends for sure. Um, right now, for 2023, so not this fall, next year, you know, next summer, next year, we currently have the number one class. Now, here's where I want to, you know, hold – you know, hold on your pants, pump the brakes. It's still super early. Right. The vast majority of schools are still in the single digits of commits. The reason Texas Tech is number one right now is because we have 15 commits, which is a lot for this early, which is good. Now, the good thing about that is we have 10 three-stars and five four-star recruits. You know, yes, that's some big time players. Recruiting's not like, as we've known in the past, Tech's not been a great at developing some of our higher level recruits. Um, we'll right. keep them, which I have some more stats on that coming. And but look at all the best programs. You got to have the kids at the highest level coming out of high school, and then keep them going from there to get somewhere. You can't be in the forties, fifties, and further down the line and expect top 25 teams you've got to have a higher floor is what this gives you and so the fact that we're getting you know a handful of four stars is big and that's where i want to go with this all right 
All right. We're game for you. So I looked back at the last 10 years of recruiting classes. So that's, that spans our last two coaches, right? And so what would you say the lowest nationally ranked recruiting class we had in that stretch was? Not counting – let's not count 21. 21 is bad. Yeah. But besides that, 20 through 13. Um, either I give me a say, year or a number of where you think we, we ranked. I would say 20 – I'm trying to think the year between Cliff and Wells, 16 or 17 in that range. I think that would probably be our lowest. Yeah, 18 uh, because, was our lowest yeah. at 74th nationally. We only recruited 17 guys in that class. And that was the Wells welcome year, right? I think we fired, so. Or did we? So we had. I think it was seven three years. First. Yeah. I, I this would have been his first full year. Right. That's what we came out with. Yikes. So, like I said, okay. baseline is important there. Um, <laughs> here's where I really went in depth. So, I was focusing on our five four star recruits we got for this class, right? From 13 to 21, how many four star recruits total? Do you think we had? Okay, so we got. This is going to be a two-part question too. So this is just on rivals of who committed to us. That was the final. Okay. You know, rivals for that year. So I know two off the top of my head would be uh, Fahoka and Jack Anderson, right? Fahoka was, I think, before that. I didn't see him. Fahoka was. Boca was in Cliff's time, so he should have been on there because he was the he was our highest rated recruit under Cliff, yeah. I think. Um, I just gotta go back and find it. Man, I don't really know any other four stars that we maybe. Um, man, I, I I would say my guess would be six six. So we ended up having twelve that I counted. Okay. Uh, 13, if we throw in Fahoko, um, that just ruins the next stat kind of anyways and makes it look worse. But, okay, here's my follow-up. How many of those guys do you think actually stayed here in more than one year and produced and did something out of, out of those 13 guys? Jack Anderson. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's my only so, guess. Six of those 13 five-star recruits ended up staying here and doing something. Um, some of those guys were – we had back-to-back -back years of TJ Vasher and Derek Willies. I did not count Willies as the uh, did-something guy. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, he was, a, he was a transfer, so I was thinking He about... was on the list, though, so that's yeah, all that yeah, counts. I mean... um, Jack Anderson and Uzukama were back-to-back -back years as well. Um, but, yeah, it was tough. There was a year – our highest year was 2015. We had three guys um, in that class, and I have one check mark there, so two of them didn't work out. Um, J.F. Thomas, no idea. I think Connor Dyer did something. Oh, and Braden Fahoko was the other one. Yeah, so I counted yeah. him, but he was an X because he left pretty quick. Right, yeah. He so still 12 guys in 10 years and only six worked out. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm saying, you got to 
go get these guys and start your floor higher because some of them aren't going to work out and some of them are going to leave. And so if you're starting your floor higher, you're giving yourself a better chance to miss on more of these guys um, and hope that works out for you. So that's kind of my breakdown of some recruiting for you guys. So be excited, but don't, don't like hang your hat on this and be like, we're the best going to be the best team ever in two years. No, no, because then you know Georgia, Clemson, Alabama—they're gonna—they're gonna, they're gonna yeah. be done after this year. So, and there's but, still some moves to be made, but you know, don't expect to see us in the top five or ten in this class either. No. But seeing yourself at one at one point is something that Tech's never done Correct. and never never been close to. So the fact that we were there at this point is impressive. And like you said, college football is all about building a base and being able to recruit young high school players and recruit them and grow them over their time there. And you haven't done that in forever. Um, you know, Cliff got some guys that way he was able to develop, but Wells was just really like getting guys from the portal and you need to have a mix of portal, but you need to have your young guys that you can develop, get involved in the system are here for two, three years. Yeah. And then by the time they're starters, you know, they're, they're reliable. They know everything that there is to know. And you just haven't had that in a long time. And the, the thing that being number one does it would pay, we call this episode eyeballs. It brings eyeballs to your program. Yeah. You know, these high school kids start looking like, what are they doing over there? I'm going to start looking into tech. What's going on? Hey, maybe I know this kid and I know what I took down. We're in on TJ Shanahan, the number one, guard in the country five-star yep. guard out of austin westlake and he's the number eight guy in this whole class so when you get a top 10 player the probably the best you've ever had recruiting yeah. wise you take one out of ut's backyard in austin westlake and, and you so, got his brother on the roster and you already got his brother so this class could get better and that only just keeps snowballing because these kids talk and play seven on seven together and want to yeah. go play with each other. And they want to be part of the hottest thing. And right now that's tech. I can't remember the last time I cared about recruiting just because it just yeah. felt like we never gave a shit about it. And, right. you know, it's fun to actually give a shit about who the guys that were recruiting, because you know that you're recruiting actual players that you could potentially see be all time Texas tech greats. And like sure. I said, not everybody's going to pan out, but, um, you know, you hope that you get a lot of guys. And if, hey, if 50% of them are panning out, that's pretty damn good. So, and the notes, Dustin, because news broke after I sent you that. But uh, tight end commit for next oh, yeah. year, a transfer from Texas A&M, Baylor Cup. And that's not like Cooper Cup with K-U-P-P. It's C-U-P-P. Uh-huh. But he is a former five-star, four-star, depending on what, you know, recruiting thing you look at. Recruit from 2019, off in A&M, transferred, and he committed to us today. Something that you, the football staff, have been teasing for a while. Speaking of eyeballs, once again, Dustin, any quick thoughts on a, another beast Man. of a tight end? It looks like that we're adding to the roster. Yeah, beast of a tight end, taking him from a big SEC in-state school, and I mean, now we got two monsters at tight end and. We saw um, his name slip in my mind. Uh, freshman Mason, Mason Tharp. Yeah, how much of a problem he was as a freshman last year and a good blocker and so hard to guard. And I remember 
This reminds me of the Iowa State team from two years ago when they had two massive tight ends that yeah. you couldn't guard because they're either just taller, bigger, just or blocks you out. Go small, well, they're just going to block your ass. And so I think we're just trying to be big and physical on people, and that's going to really pan out this year, I think. Watch out for that. Yeah, that's a hell of a tight end duo right there. If you know they're both able to stay healthy and perform for you, but just keep adding dudes. And I feel like another part of what McGuire's done is they've been really good in the portal as well, adding some guys that uh, that can come in and be immediate help for you in some areas that you might need it. So I wanted to throw that in there, but that was kind of the news that broke today for the football yeah. uh, for the football team, but. Dustin, that leads us to the Club Red conversation for this week and the eyeballs that we've talked about, the uh, emoji tweets, the news coming tweets, the all of the shit that you've seen for the last few days, and yet we haven't got any news. So, you know, I'll kick it over to you first. What are your thoughts on all of this? I, we put out a poll yesterday. Most people voted on that you would rather be surprised by the news rather than be teased about something that's coming and have to wait, you know, two, three days before it actually comes. What's your thoughts on like this? And it kind of goes back maybe to our conversation last week on this Twitter clout and this trying to get your following and whatever. What are your thoughts on this in general? Just putting out nothing, something that says absolutely nothing is really what it is. That's exactly the point. It's nothing. And that's where I have a problem with it is they're just tweeting out like, hey, something's going to happen tomorrow or this week. Well, that's not saying anything. Yeah. Like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, too. Like, I ball is emojis. that it? Like, <laughs> like, unless you have, like, hey, I, here's what I'm hearing is, you know, Devion Harmon's top five, and we're in it. If you have something, tweet it. But don't just tweet, like, something super general that means absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. Hey, something happened with recruiting this week. Yeah, no shit. You know how fast recruiting's working right now and transfer portals are working? Like, there's something happening right now we don't even know about. Are you going to tweet about it and just say something in general? Like, that's what's stupid about it, and that's what kills me. It's stupid, and it's absolute nothingness. Yeah, if we wanted to, we could tweet every Sunday, like, moving forward, big things coming <laughs> yeah. for Texas Tech this big week. This week. And just throw some eyeball emojis on it or whatever, like get that clout. And we've said it. We're, we're not trying to be newsbreakers here. Like we know people in certain places that know some things and we get information from time to time. Right. But we use that for our own knowledge and to, you know, kind of calm ourselves down on it. And uh, sure, we've discussed maybe a little bit of that on this week's pod. But I just think it's it's really bullshit. You know, if you know something <laughs> – I, I know that you're, all, you're not required to – you want to let the players or whatever. Just keep it to yourself. Just fucking keep then, it to yourself. Don't do anything, yes. Because it doesn't make me want to follow you. It doesn't make me want to, you know, care about your reporting or anything. Like, at least RC Maxfield gave us some, like, details in it. Hey, yep. expect a power six guard. Like, that's something because now I kind of can direct where my player is. At least yeah. it's some kind of news. But just throwing the big things up happening with eyeball emojis, I feel like that's a shitty way of doing your job. Agreed, man. And so, you know, it leaves us all tech fans scrapping for some sort of news and, you know, kind of sitting here waiting for something, waiting for something. It's been two days since they've said this shit. We still don't know anything. 
And so I just think you can do a better job about it. You know, social media is a platform and sure you want to grow that platform and show that, you know, things, but at the same time, like what good does it do you? <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. So uh wanted to get that off our chests uh, right before we started recording uh, R- rambling Raiders released like a, uh, a Twitter thread about doing that as well. So I think just a lot of people are in on that same thing and they're, they're yeah, frustrated. It's a frustrating time. There will be our team and we will play basketball in three months. And I was like, you get it. You get it. Thank you. I almost wanted to quote, I tweets big day and then retweet it later with show at eight o'clock. Everybody, you know, head over to Facebook. Yeah. Day for We're all bros and, Tech basketball will be playing games next season. There will be some new players on the roster. They'll be announced in the next three months. Eyeball, eyeball, eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Stuff, things happening everywhere. God, it's, just, it's annoying because we want to know. Like, if you have information, we want to know what it is. And it's just kind of – it's such a tease to throw it out there and not give us any information. But it's brought a lot of frustration out of Texas Tech. But – Hopefully that good news comes soon. Heck, maybe it comes before you actually listen to this podcast. So we didn't discuss any of the things that happened there. It's because they happened before we knew them. But make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify. Five stars. Five stars like the recruit that we hopefully will land soon uh, in basketball. And also follow us on social medias. Follow us on tel- uh, at tailgate underscore talks on Twitter. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And Dustin, that all you got for us this week in Club Red? You bet. All right. Well, we will catch y'all at the tailgate. Peace. Peace.